So over the last 50 years, conversational interfaces have evolved, right? So when we started, the human beings had to adjust to how the machines, um, uh, the language that the machines understood. So you had punch cards, memory registers, and then came uh, you know, the state where there was kind of a compromise. So you had pointers, sliders, like a user interface through which you could uh, interact with machines. And then uh, came the conversational interfaces where the machines really understand human beings. And uh, Alexa uh, or the Echo is a, is a great example of a conversational interface. So what are the benefits of a conversational interface? So they're natural. You know, co having conversation is one of the earliest things that uh, people learn. They're on demand. So you know, you, you're having a machine that can talk to you, so you could ask it questions, converse with it at any time. It's on demand. It's accessible. So whether you're driving, whether you're operating machinery, or as some of you saw in the uh, Motorola demo, if, if you're a police officer and you have your hands full, you can still uh, talk to your computer and access the data that you need to. And they're efficient. Uh, the easiest way to put a point across is through a conversation, rather than you know, um, look at the user interface and you know, click through uh, the entire uh, conversation. So let's look at some of the challenges that our developers face today uh, while building a conversational bot. The first thing is you need language understanding. The second is you need speech recognition. You need security. If you want to deploy these on mobile devices uh, and uh, IoT devices or chat platforms, uh, you need a nice way for you to be able to manage all these channels and deploy to these platforms. Um, that's another challenge that they face. Uh, authentication, scaling these chatbots. If, if your chatbot takes off, you have uh, maybe a million uh, customers that are trying to talk to it. How do you scale? And how do you test it? So, and, and then finally, uh, the business logic. Right? So you can have the conversation, but you, at the end of it, you need uh, some code that will actually run and fulfill your business logic. And that's why we built Lex. So what is Lex? It's the new service for building conversational interfaces using both voice and text. Here's some of the features of Lex. So the, the first thing we like to talk about is the uh, text and speech language understanding. So you guys would have heard about speech recognition and language understanding. And uh, what we do is put both of them together to give you a text and speech language understanding uh, service. And both these services are the same uh, backend uh, that is powering the uh, Alexa on the Echo devices. So uh, you get a really high quality speech recognition and uh, language understanding. The second feature is easy deployment to chat services. So an issue a lot of developers face is every chat platform has its own way of uh, setting things up, their own authentication mechanism, their own markup. So um, we simplify all that. I'll talk a little bit more when we get to that section. It's designed for builders. So we have um, an efficient and intuitive UI 
on which you can easily configure your conversations. You can test them, and then once you're happy with the way they're functioning, you could uh, build them and then deploy them to whatever platforms you would like. W versioning and alias support. So uh, what we felt was that if you want enterprises to use this, uh, you know, for example, Capital One uh, you know, is using this at a large scale, and maybe they put one of their uh, customer service bots on it, and they, they, they launched something, and things didn't go well, and they want to roll it back. So you need things like versioning and alias support for that. Enterprise connectors, you will be able to connect to various enterprise systems uh, through your Lex um, chatbots. So text and speech language understanding. So like I was saying, it's the same uh, technology that uh, powers Alexa. Uh, so speech recognition, what it does is when an audio comes in, it takes the audio and converts that into text. And what language understanding does is takes that text and understand the intent of that text. So let's talk about how you can deploy to various chat services and uh, mobile platforms. So we have one-click deployment to Facebook Messenger as of today, and uh, soon we'll be following up with uh, support for Slack and Twilio. And even today, if you wanted to do a DIY kind of solution, you could still do it. Um, and we have rich formatting support. So uh, I don't know if, uh, how many of you have used Facebook Messenger, but they give you a nice way to kind of put cards in chat so that you could speed up the conversation. For example, if you ask them a question, you could show buttons saying yes and no, and they can just click the button rather than having to type the entire answer. So you have button support. You can also have images, titles for those images. So we provide rich formatting support. And another thing which we're going to be adding is once we add other platforms like Slack and you know, many more in the future, uh, each of these platforms have their own uh, markup. Right? So imagine if every browser had its own markup language uh, or HTML. Right? It would be a nightmare building web applications. But that's kind of the status today uh, when you look at uh, the different chat platforms. So we simplify that for you. Uh, this is, you know, once we launch Slack, you'll see that uh, you know, once you design your buttons, the same thing uh, will be displayed both on Facebook and Slack, and we take care of uh, changing the markup so that they render appropriately on the various platforms. Uh, and mobile. So we have uh, deep integration with uh, AWS Mobile Hub. So you guys should uh, check it out. Once you build your bot, you can easily go to Mobile Hub and within a few minutes download a mobile client, which can take both text and voice input. Your uh, authentication is already built in. It's connected to Cognito. It's, uh, so we're making it super easy for you, you know, uh, basically give you end-to-end -end functionality. This is a screenshot of the, um, of the console. Um, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the various components here. So at the top, uh, you would see uh, sample utterances. So uh, utterances are you know, ways in which your customers are going to interact with your bot and uh, express their intent. For example, I would like to book a hotel room and so on. And then you have slots right under it, which is the data that your customers are going to give you. So I'll be talking more about each of these components in detail. And then you have um, 
uh, and for slots, you have something called a slot type, and we provide you built-in slot types for things like cities and so on, because we don't want every developer or every developer doesn't have to prepare an entire list of US cities, right? So we build it once, so it simplifies your development uh, cycles. But if you want custom slot types, you can do them as well. You have prompts, which is questions you ask uh, your customers in order to collect the slots. Then you have um, what we call a dialogue code hook, which basically helps you do validation and um, uh, initialization. Uh, and I'll, I'll have slides to talk about each of these. And then you have a confirmation prompt where you can check whether a customer wants to go ahead with a transaction or not. And then you have uh, intent chaining and you have fulfillment where you can specify the Lambda, which uh, actually has all your business logic. And uh, we get go into your Lambda account and actually list all the Lambda functions you've built so that you don't have to like go to various screens and kind of, uh, you know, it just simplifies things for you. Once you've built it, you can test it on the same screen. And once you're happy, you uh, publish it. So the next feature we will talk about is uh, versioning and alias support. So uh, we have versioning at uh, the slot level, the intent level, and the bot level, right? So these are the three components. Slots are the pieces of data that you need. Intents are the different uh, goals that your bot will help your customers achieve, like booking a ticket, booking a, fl a flight ticket, booking a hotel reservation, booking a car, checking status, canceling your tickets, and so on. Those would all be intents. And uh, a bot is a collection of intents. And like I was saying, having versioning helps you have a multi-developer environment where uh, you, know, you picked a certain version and started building your bot with that. And then uh, somebody else messed with it, and your bot stopped working. Right? But if you're using Lex, that's not going to happen, because once you put a certain version into your bot, um, it's, it's immutable. Nobody else can change that version. If somebody made changes, they'd have to release a new version. And once you have versions, uh, you can't just have that without aliases, right? Because every time you launch a new version, imagine you have mobile clients and you have uh, like a million customers. You don't want to go updating all those clients, right? So they all point to the same resource, which is an alias, and then you just switch out the version that the alias points to as and when you make improvements. So this enables iterative uh, development. And then you could do dev, stage, and productions, right? You could have an alias for production, one for staging, one for dev, and have different versions uh, pointing, have those aliases pointing to different versions. Um, and that just simplifies your life, allows you to test various versions and see how they're doing. The next feature we're going to talk about is mobile hub uh, integration. So that's a, a screenshot of how things look like on the mobile hub. So we have a card for building conversational bots. Uh, if you just go into mobile hub, click on it. Uh, again, it's deeply integrated. You see all the bots you've already built on Lex. You can choose the one for which you want to build a client and then hook it up. Cognito comes with it, uh, so you don't have to worry about authentication and you can quickly download the client and uh, start testing it. Let's talk a little bit about SaaS connectors. So 
we have connectors to six different uh, SaaS systems, Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, HubSpot, Zendesk, Marketo, and QuickBooks. And uh, you can connect to all of these through Lambda or from your uh, mobile clients. So this is an architecture where um, you have a mobile client that is doing the orchestration, right? So uh, let's say you have a salesperson and uh, he asks your bot, hey, what are my top five customers that I should call today? And that goes to Lex. Lex understands the intent and sends it back saying this is fetch the top five uh, leads and the user ID, and then the mobile app uses that information, and through uh, API Gateway and Lambda, it's going to call, uh, use those uh, connectors to fetch data from Salesforce and return that back to, the, uh, uh, to your salesperson. Another architecture is even, even if you know, we don't have connectors, you can still use uh, API Gateway and ABS, uh, AWS Lambda to, through your VPC to directly connect to your various enterprise systems to fetch data. Let's talk about some use cases. Some of the use cases for bots are informational bots, right? So you could have a bot that gives you news updates, weather information, scores for games, and so on. You have application bots, it's more transactional in nature. Uh, let's say you add a mobile app that you could book tickets with, now you add a conversational interface to it. So you can do booking uh, tickets, booking, ordering food, managing bank accounts, you want to check you know, how much, what's your balance, how much you spent on groceries, and so on. You can do all that using bots. Enterprise productivity bots. So like I was saying, you, you know, your salesperson can just uh, talk to the bot and you know, ask it questions. Your marketing person can say, what was my conversion like? Uh, <clears throat> what was my traffic like? And so on. Uh, it just improves the, uh, the productivity of your enterprise workforce. And then IoT. Um, so later today, you're going to see a demo from one of our customers. So Lex works great with uh, IoT uh, devices as well. Some of the benefits of Lex. So it's easy to use uh, because it provides you an end-to-end -end, uh, integrated uh, functionality, right from your mobile client to your conversational interface to your business logic and all the ancillary services like you know, DynamoDB, CloudWatch, uh, Cognito, and so on. High quality text and speech language understanding, which uh, is powered by the same technology that's powering the Echo device and Alexa. Seamlessly deploy and scale. Again, uh, you know, you, it, it's a serverless architecture, both Lex as well as Lambda, so you just don't have to worry about setting up your servers, your load balancers, and worrying about uh, you know, getting spikes in demand and so on. It just scales. And you can deploy it to all these multiple platforms. Built-in integration with the AWS platform, have access to all the rich functionality on the AWS platform, and uh, it's cost-effective. So this is the structure of a bot. So let's look at uh, you know, the various components uh, that makes up a bot. So we, we touched upon it when I showed you the user interface. So there is intents. So essentially an intent is, is a goal that your customer is trying to achieve. For example, booking a hotel, uh, booking a car, uh, checking the status, canceling a booking, and so on. 
and a bot is nothing but a collection of various intents. Utterances. Utterances are uh, the spoken or uh, typed phrases that uh, invoke your intent. So uh, there will be things like, I'd like to book a hotel, uh, please make a reservation, and so on. Slots. Slots are the data that you need in order to fulfill that intent. So if you want to book a hotel, you need to know when, how many people, what kind of room, which city, and so on. Uh, and, and what date. And then fulfillment, which is you actually need to go into the hotel reservation system and put in that booking. So that's what we mean by fulfillment. So let's talk about each of these. So I was saying utterances. So these are some of the uh, examples of utterances. I'd like to book a hotel. I want to make hotel reservations. So what we do with Lex is provide uh, a sample utterances. So you give Lex maybe uh, you know, 10 to 20 sample utterances, and it gets sent to the Alexa backend where we build an intent model and a slot model, which actually uh, you know, is able to understand many more dozens of uh, related utterances. Right, based on the sample set that you provided. And that's basically the value that uh, natural language brings compared to uh, just bots that, are, you know, uh, that you build without the uh, natural language capabilities. Right? With those, you, you have to look for that exact string, and your customer has to type that exact thing. But with natural language capabilities, they can say you know, things in, in a conversational manner, and based on the utterances uh, you provided, your uh, language model is going to pick up uh, what your customers say. So here's some example of slots. So destination, check-in date, check-out date, these would all be slots. Slot elicitation. So uh, this is one of the important uh, features that Lex provides, and we spend a lot of time uh, designing this to make it really easy for developers to um, enable their bots to have a conversation, right? And it's especially challenging because you just can't predict how your uh, customers are gonna, uh, you know, interact with your bot, right? You, you can't predict what they're gonna say. So, for example, if you ask them, you know, where do you want to fly to? They could say, I want to fly to New York City on the 30th of November, right? So, they, you ask them for one, they give you two, right? So that. Uh, we call it overfilling, right? So you need to be able to handle situations like that, and that's what Lex does. So it's able to, uh, at runtime, figure out you know, what are the data that you need from your customer based on uh, you know, what they've said so far and adapt to the situation and ask the appropriate prompt. And that's where you know, we spend a lot of time uh, uh, to designing uh, this particular Component. So uh, this is a happy path where you know you said I'd like to book a hotel and uh, and it prompts you your bot says sure what city do you want to book to you said New York City and then what day do you want a chicken and you give it a date but even if you had said New York City on the November 30th it would fill the slot and then it would not ask you what day do you want a chicken because it knows you already gave it that data. Let's talk about uh, fulfillment. So fulfillment is basically the business logic that needs to run in order to uh, you know, uh, achieve the, uh, fulfill the customer's intent. And we have inbuilt integration with Lambda, like I was showing you on the console. It's just a drop-down 
once you've written your Lambda function, it's visible in your uh, Lex console. You just pick the appropriate Lambda function, and it all works. Um, and uh, we give you seamless interoperability between your Lambda and your Lex runtime. Right? So you can do things like session management, where your Lambda uh, can set cert uh, certain variables in the session, and you can access that from your uh, Lex uh, runtime. So for example, um, the user's payment details or you know, their current location. So your Lambda can really go fetch all the data, set it in the session, and your Lex runtime can, uh, you know, your name, your user ID, and so on. So it could personalize the experience by using all the data that your Lambda is pulling and setting in, in the session. And you know, we understand that uh, different customers have different needs. So maybe you're, uh, you have an application already, and you have all the business logic running on your mobile application. Um, so you just need uh, a natural language interface to have the conversation and give you that data. So we have an option for you to return all the data back to the client as well. And then the client's responsible for uh, booking the ticket and so on and uh, messaging that to your customer. Here's the, the complete flow, right? So your customer said, book a hotel in NYC. So ASR, what, what does it do? It takes your audio input, splits that into its various components, which is book a hotel in NYC. And then that text gets sent to your natural language understanding system where you already built the model with your utterances and slots and all that. So you have an intent and slot model. So it's able to understand that the intent is hotel booking, and the city they want to fly to is New York City. So it already fills those slots for you. And then it will go and ask you for your uh, date, right? And then it'll ask you uh, for a check-in date, and then a checkout date, and then you know, you can add things like how many people and, and so on. And do you have any preferences? So this is just a simple example, but you could just you know, make it as, uh, as sophisticated as you'd, as you'd like. And then once you have all the data, you can say, can I go ahead and make your booking? And that is another feature that uh, Lex provides, which is called a confirmation prompt. Right? Because if you want to have a transactional bot and you want to you know, ask people to book tickets or, uh, you know, buy stuff which is worth a few hundred dollars, you just don't want to go ahead and place an order just because you have their credit card details. You want to ask them one last time, uh, just like you do on the Amazon website, you know, you know, do you confirm that you want to buy this? And they can say yes or no, and we're able to handle both use cases. And uh, you'll see on the console, uh, you can specify the messaging in, in either case. If they say no, you could gracefully exit saying, okay, uh, your ticket has not been booked. Again, that's really important because imagine it asks you, do you want to book your tickets? And you say no, and it just goes quiet on you, right? Um, then you're worried, oh my God, did it book my tickets? You know, what's going on? Did my credit card get charged? So having that kind of flexibility in messaging is really important. And then uh, it hands it off once you confirm, it hands it off to Lambda. It does its thing, it goes into the hotel reservation system books your uh, tickets, and then uh, return successfully. And then you can message to your customer, your hotel uh, is booked for November 30th. And then, again, it's uh, easily uh, integrated with Poly. You don't have to do any work for it. it it's pre-built integration when you create your bot. 
you can just pick the voice on Amazon Polly that you'd like to use, and it all works. Um, and then that converts into voice and uh, you know goes to your customer. But if you want to do text, then um, you know you could use a, a different API. We have APIs uh, for runtime for both text as well as voice. So you just use the text API, and you'll get a text uh, output. And you would get those rich cards as well uh, that you would display on uh, Facebook or any other chat service. This is the uh, save, build, publish workflow. So when you save, uh, you just save the state of your bot, and we know, you know developers like to keep saving their work so that they don't lose it. So we don't create versions every time you save. It just saves the state, the current state. When you click on build, that's when we actually create the model for you. We go into the Alexa backend, and we create a natural language model. And that's what uh, your bot is going to use in order to interact with your uh, customers. And build is when we also create versions for your intents and slots. And once the version is created, it can be changed. Um, you, know, you, you can always create another version and include it in your bot, but uh, a version that's already created and released cannot be touched. And then you test it. You have uh, the, um, the the chat interface right on the console, which you could use to test your bot, have the conversation, see how it's functioning, and then you publish it, which is when uh, you create a new version of your uh, bot, and uh, it gets uh, an alias as well. Let's talk about monitoring. So you know. With anything that you launch, you want to be able to see how it's doing and improve it over time. This is an area where you know we're going to keep launching a lot more um, functionality, but uh, for preview, uh, we're going to have uh, these three, which is a missed utterance count. All right, what do we mean by missed utterance count? So when customers are talking to your uh, bot, they're going to say uh, things in you know whichever way they want to say it, and then maybe your sample utterances were too few, right? And you didn't cover those different ways in which people communicate. That's where you would have missed utterance, where it doesn't hit any of your intent. Your NLU model says, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, would you like to book a ticket? Um, and that would count as a missed utterance. And then the latency, which is how long each request is taking. Um, uh, to, to return once you made a request to the bot. And then the traffic, you know, which bots are getting the most traffic, which are most uh, popular, and so on. Here's some uh, customer testimonials. So in Capital One, they're really excited about Lex, and uh, they recently launched a skill on Alexa, and they want to continue building conversational interfaces and actually expand the reach of their um, conversational interfaces to other platforms like Facebook and their own mobile app and so on. So they're uh, excited about uh, using Lex. HubSpot, which is uh, another customer that uh, they have a, a bot that you know, they've, they've just hooked up based on, you know, like I was showing you in that slide, pulling all the different technologies together. But they are very excited about using Lex to have one easy way to just build their growth bot, which helps marketeers, uh, you know, get, ask questions like, um, you know, uh, what's my traffic like, what's my conversion like, and so on. This is the pricing. 
so we're going to charge um, 75 cents per thousand uh, text input requests and $4 per every thousand speech input requests. Um, and then we'll have a free tier of 10,000 text input requests per month and 5,000 speech input requests per month. And this is the uh, kind of architecture. So you have, uh, on the left side, you have the ways in which your customers um, are going to interact um, and developers are going to interact with your um, with Lex. So the console and APIs let developers um, at build time set up their intent slots, prompts, utterances on Lex. And then um, you, know, they, you can test it and deploy it. And then at runtime, you, we provide SDKs through which your mobile clients, IoT clients, um, chat services could um, send in either speech or text input and interact with their bot. And once that input comes in, you kind of work with uh, the Alexa speech recognition and language understanding uh, components, uh, use Cognito for authentication and for logging and uh, metrics, CloudTrail and CloudWatch, and then uh, Lambda for both customizing your dialogue as well as fulfilling your business logic. And then once it's all done, you stream the output back through poly if you want voice, or you could just send the text back to your customer. So with that said, I'd like to hand it off um, to one of our uh, customers here who, who's built a really cool demo for you. Uh, and that's the most exciting part of building these services when you actually see it in the real world and people are actually using your service. So um, I'd like to invite on stage uh, Tom Soderstrom from uh, NASA JPL. Give him a big hand. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, it's, uh, you're going to see this cute little guy or girl, your choice, <laughs> drive in a minute. But before we do that, uh, let me just talk about what we do at JPL and NASA. Uh, we look for answers to the big questions. And this is a picture from space. So that's where we spend most of our time. Now, hopefully by the end of this, you'll figure out what, the, what on earth does that have to do with a toy? Uh, it has everything to do with a toy. It's, we're looking for questions like, how did the universe form? Where is it headed? How do we protect Mother Earth? How, how can we predict hurricanes, et cetera? How do we divert an asteroid? Would anybody care about that? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, are we alone? Is there life out there? And can we find Earth 2.0? If we needed to, uh, to uh, migrate humanity, would we have a place to go? These are things we're looking at. And uh, of course, besides from Matt Damon, is there other life on Mars? <laughs> so if you look at this, this is the first selfie from another planet. Just like any teenager would, <laughs> the robot uh, Curiosity stuck out its giant robot arm and took a selfie. So we could make sure it's healthy. Now, that kind of looks like our cute little Rovi here that you'll see in a second. Uh, that's the point. The point is that today's tool is tomorrow, today's toy is tomorrow's tool, but we don't know which one. So what we created is this little uh, toy ambassador, Rovi. Uh, it's a remotely controlled outreach rover, hence named Rovi. Okay, so naming may not be our strength. Uh, it travels to universities, to museums, to schools, and even spin to the White House. Uh, the idea here is to inspire the next generation of explorers 
so that to answer these big questions, uh, I've seen uh, an evolution of pace. It's much, much, much faster than we ever thought before to get to the answers to, to these big questions that affect all of humanity. Uh, and as you'll see here, when we first did this, it was uh, Alexa Voice Services, and Mick, who's going to demonstrate it, said, uh, I'm going to switch to Lex. And I said, what? Because this was last week. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so he did. And uh, it, we'll see if it works. But come on up, Mick, and uh, let's uh, give Rovi a run for, uh, across the stage. When you look at this, it's, a, it's an outreach ambassador to get people interested in space and science and building robots. It's all off-the-shelf components. It is Raspberries, Arduino, uh, Arduinos. It is open source software, 3D printed parts uh, for just a few cents on any 3D printer. And it is AWS, uh, got Lambda, IoT, it's got Lex, and it's got Greengrass. But we're gonna focus on Lex. The other piece I wanted to look at, I look at the future a lot. Uh, and one of the most important technologies that are happening, the most important capabilities and the most difficult one is conversation as a platform. Uh, we want to be able to talk to the room. So you want to be able to talk to the car. Uh, you overlay all this AI that AWS has announced, and you've got an amazing future. So uh, why don't you talk us through the rover, Mick? Sure thing. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Um, so thanks to Tom and thanks for Vikram um, and thanks to all of you for showing up. It's really what uh, makes this all worth it. Um, so before Lex existed and before AVS existed, both of these are fairly new, um, we drove Rovi with this thing, um, this you know anarchic type of thing that you have to touch and all of that. Um, we well, introduced older people, it's a joystick. As, oh, it's a joystick, <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> so for... Uh, for Rovi, once, once AVS came out and once Lex came out, somebody saw the work that we were doing with um, the NASA Mars Alexa skill, which we announced, uh, Tom announced last night. Um, and so she saw some of the work that we were doing there, and she said, I have an outreach rover. It would be fantastic if the outreach rover could answer kids' questions about Mars, right? Like how great of a you know, feel-good story is that to be able to, to say? Um, and I said, okay, maybe we can build that. Um, so this is what we have today. Um, this is Rovi. Um, it's powered a little bit by AWS Greengrass. First off, show of hands, who was just in the IoT State of the Union or saw it? Okay, so I can't use the same jokes. Too bad. Um, I only have two anyways. Um, so this is powered a little bit with Lex and a little bit um, with AWS Greengrass. I'll show you the Lex parts now. Um, so the first thing that we programmed it to do is respond to questions about Mars. Rovi, how big is Mars? Mars is about half the size of Earth. Its land area is about that of all of Earth's continents put together. Rovi, if you want, what is the radius of Mars? The average radius, distance from its center to its surface, of Mars is 2,107 miles, 3,390 kilometers. So that's just using some of the basic kind of the utterances and then the intent um, that Vikram was talking about before. Even with something as simple as that, we can't predict every single word in a question that anyone could ever ask this thing, right? We have a database of maybe a thousand answers that people kind of ask different flavors of questions for. We need to be able to find the answer that's relevant without knowing every single word and letter of the, you know, expecting that um, and, and pulling that out of the audio. It's just impossible you wouldn't be able to do this and give it to a kid and have it work. Um, but because of the way that Alexa's brain works and that Lexa's brain works, 
um, I can specify a few sample utterances, which is what Vikram was talking about, um, and say, you know, these are the types of questions that people are probably going to ask. Uh, they're going to say Mars a lot. They might say radius, all those types of things. And then using the natural language engine that uh, people way smarter than I have have come up with on this thing, it kind of fits what it thought I said to one of the questions or the intents and the utterances that I've given it before. So that, that is one utterance, um, is me asking it a Mars question. Another utterance is, and this will hit a different you know, portion of the lambda function when it gets fulfilled at the end that, uh, that Vikram was talking about. Another uh, portion is the actual driving. Um, we'll just make sure she doesn't drive off the stage there. Rovi, drive forwards. Vroom, vroom. Rovi. Turn left. Rovi. Rovi. Turn left. She didn't hear me the first two times I asked. Vroom, vroom. Rovi. Stop driving. Stopped. And then in addition to to the simple, you know, drive left, drive right, stop, all that. Um, there's also a following mode. Um, those of you who saw it would have seen, well, I can show it here too. It's another intent. Um, so we have a 3D camera on the front. Rovi. Rovi. Follow me. Following. So if I get too close to it, she can tell that I didn't shower this morning. So the way that this is working is there's a, uh, the 3D sensor there is mapping out the space in front of Rovi and seeing where I am, um, sending those messages up to AWS IoT, um, the IoT service, and then the wheels are subscribing to those IoT messages as well. Rovi, Rovi, stop following. So that's a little bit about how Rovi works, the driving and the speaking as well. Stop. Um, thank you. <coughs> so that was the demo. Um, this is the big scary architecture diagram for how this works. Lex is the nice blue diagram, uh, the little icon over in the right, um, one of the things that resides in the AWS cloud. So everything that, that we built here locally on Rovi, um, it kind of starts from the voice user, that's me, uh, component, right? So I ask a question. There's a little um, script on here that is do using a hot word detector to figure out whether or not I've said Rovi. That all happens locally. Um, we're using Snowboy if you're interested in it. Um, it does a very good job of local hot word detection, but it's like one or two words tops. That's the best it can do. Um, and so once it's heard that I've said the word Rovi, then it wakes up and it starts listening to the audio. This is going to be the meat of it. What, what do I do? So it records that audio. When I've stopped talking, it takes that snippet and ships it off into the cloud to Amazon Lex. Um, now, the entire time that that's happening, so you could see the LEDs when I say Rovi, they turn a different color. When she's thinking, it turns a different color. Um, when she's doing the thing, it turns a different color. That's um, being published directly from the body to AWS IoT, which is then picked up by the head. So that's a little bit separate from Amazon Lex. Um, but then, for example, the ones that are driving, the drive forwards, turn left, turn right, um, Amazon Lex, under the fulfillment, after it figures out the response, vroom, vroom, um, it's actually going to call a Lambda function, which will spit out two IoT, the drive commands. Um, those are picked up then by the listener, um, which actually turns the wheels. So that's kind of this, the best elevator pitch I can give about the way that Rovi works with Lex. Um, some of the features that Vikram 
mentioned that were surprisingly important to us. Um, one of them especially was being able to test the bot in a chat window immediately after you build it. It sounds like a minimal thing, and I would have thought that too, but after testing this, so you can imagine this, um, I'll give you a secret, this used to be built on AVS before Lex was announced. Um, it took a little bit longer, and you can imagine because it was built on AVS, it's a different use case that they had in mind with AVS, right? They wanted the whole thing to be Alexa. You could say, Alexa, to wake it up. You could ask it, what's the weather on Earth? What's, you know, my travel itinerary, this kind of thing, what's on my calendar? This is not really the use case that we had in mind here. So the way that we hacked around that was originally, I actually had audio on the rover of me saying, open NASA Mars, or open Rovi. And then I was prepending that onto whatever audio we were sending to AVS so that it would always come back with one skill. So we were only ever using one skill. The bot is a much simpler, much more streamlined way to do this. And it was all extremely simple to forklift over. Um, it, as Tom mentioned, it took like two developer days. Um, and that's me, and I'm not that good of a developer. Um, and it took, uh, it, I mean, it took no effort, relatively speaking. The Lambda function is mostly the same. It's going to require three or four lines of code to change is all. Um, all the logic is the same in the back end. All of the normal kind of the sample utterances, the files that you've been building up and putting into your Alexa skills, they can mostly just be copy-pasted right into Amazon Lex, and it's going to work for you just the same way. Um, so it's been really fantastic for that. <clears throat> so why we care about this at JPL? This is a little bit more than just Rovi. Um, this is not the end-all be-all of Lex, right? So one of the things that we dream about at JPL is a more natural interface to any robot. Forget about robots, anything, any whatever, right? So um, we at JPL do some work with mining robots as well and with rescue robots. And so we've designed entire robots, RoboSimian, if you've seen the videos, that are supposed to look friendlier and they lift things up, you know, go to um, earthquake disaster recovery areas and actually try and move hardware to, and you can imagine if a robot comes into you, you know, you're trapped under some sort of collapsed building, whatever it is, and they lift this thing up, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to say something to it, for sure, right? And so this would be an amazing way to start playing with that. Um, integration, even, you know, in a less, you know, crazy scale, would be um, workplace equipment. So walking in, you know, to um, a museum exhibit, and you, so for instance, we want the capability of Alexa and of voice on many of these uh, exhibits that we have. So I want to be able to walk up to a model, and if I have a question, I want to be able to ask the model for the question, right? So it's a Mars rover. Well, how much does this actually weigh? Right, there's the answer. Um, and so we could start building that in with Lex. Um, and then information kiosks, and even to control devices around labs. So can we build something like this to control a bigger device that we actually use to build real spacecraft that'll be launched on orbit or to other planets? Um, and then the last one that's also very interesting to me especially is um, kind of building in these really powerful chat ops capabilities. So me, I don't actually really want to have to do any work. Um, if I have a question, I want to just be able to type it or say it and get the answer back. Um, and this is going to give us a lot of those capabilities, right? Triggering workflows, um, starting, you know, queries or whatever it is, um, all through either text or voice. And I think that's really the true power of Lex, and I'm very excited about it. So I think the, uh, just a, a couple of other use cases that we think are important. Uh, having the, the local execution and having the ability to tie into the brain of the Internet and now the AI is a really big deal. Imagine this going into a mine, uh, finding out what's going on, coming back out, doing some uh, analysis, and then going back in again with much more information. Or we have rovers that go under the ice cap uh, and investigate what's going on. All of those things are amazing. 
they take a lot of specialized programming today. You have to have the experts that know how to do this. Uh, then they take the data back, come back from Antarctica, and then upload it. It's a completely different world now. They could do the development there. They could change things. And it's the same uh, coding. So that's one. The other one is, uh, that just actually came to me as I was listening to you, which is uh, the help desk. So JPL, we work in space. We're also an enterprise. We've got about 5,000 people. And uh, so we have help desks and things like that. Being able to do a chat with a help desk that then tells you what to do beats the heck out of calling somebody and sitting on hold. Uh, and it helps everybody. So there's a lot of interesting use cases here. And the speed of development is, is really what's so exciting, uh, even when you scare me half to death <laughs> uh, with the speed. So uh, I think that's uh, with JPL and NASA, we're very excited about this all of this new technology, and especially the AI. If you can imagine for a second uh, a data lake where all the data sits, all the gold source data, and then you imagine that you have devices. All of these devices, uh, whether you type, you click, you blink, and there's APIs that tie into all that. Having a conversational API that types across all of that is going to be really the future. So conversation as a platform is uh, what we're looking for. And we're almost there, so thank you. So thank you very much. Thank you, Tom and Mick. All right, so let me get back to All right, so the question I'm sure most of you have is, how do you get started using Lex? Go to aws.amazon.com slash lex, and um, uh, you can put in a request uh, to get whitelisted. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep slowly start uh, sending out uh, whitelisting in, in invitations, and then you get access uh, to lex. We're going to be in preview. So uh, please be patient with us. Uh, you know, if it takes uh, a little bit of time for you to get your invite. Um, but that's the URL. And uh, I'm just going to open it up to questions. 